0: I'm Zach Owens, and I'm the biggest fan of your life. Welcome to the biggest fan of your life podcast. I'm your host, Zach Owens. I love learning from the major achievers, the famed celebrities, and outstanding experts. But I often think about the average Joes and Josephines who are just as great, who have valuable knowledge and skills to teach, and important perspectives and experiences to share. They may not have a platform, a following, or world-renowned status, but they have fascinating lives that I'm a fan of, and I think you should be too. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Biggest Fan of Your Life podcast. How's it going, everyone? Today, my guest is Lacey Tomlinson. Lacey is one of the most fascinating people that I've ever met. I'm continually inspired by the way that she approaches, shares, and embraces life. She's intelligent, she's funny, she's sassy, and her heart is as wide as her soul is deep. Lacey and I have shared many a laugh, a lunch, and a big tea beverage while in grad school at the University of Cincinnati, where she now serves as an academic advisor and a guiding light to students. She and her husband, Joe, are also on the eve of bringing their first child into this world, and I couldn't be more excited about that. Meet my friend, encourager, and major inspiration for this very podcast, Lacey Tomlinson. All right, well, this is my friend, Lacey. Lacey, welcome to the show. Hello. I am excited that you have decided to be a guest on this podcast because you are a huge inspiration for why I'm doing this podcast.
1: It, that blows my mind a whole bunch, but thank you. <laughs> because, I appreciate
0: it. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's come a point where I've said to you, I, Lacey, I am just a huge fan of your life. You have said that to me before. <laughs> you have. And I think it, there are a number of reasons Um but a big reason you know that we 're doing this podcast is because I think there are just people that are great and there are people who live life and have experiences, and they don 't have the platform they don 't have the fame and mm-hmm. things like that and I think people need to know who these people are and, and that people don 't need to know me <laughs> i 'm happy with my quiet little life so but, but and and your quiet little life has not been so quiet as of late
1: no no uh, i I am a Nine, I think nine month, uh, pregnant woman at this point. Wow. So uh, that has been a journey, we'll say. Uh, I'm. I. It has not been an easy journey. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's that's been a, a what has feels like it taken up my entire life at the moment. Uh. Um, but yeah. So that's that's is some it, big stuff. Is it what you've expected? <clears throat> that is a great
0: question because so, this is your first pregnancy too this is my
1: this is my first pregnancy so um, but I would say no it's not what I expected only because I didn't expect to get pregnant <laughs> I mean I know how it works <laughs> I understand the logistics um, but I uh, I uh, have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome and they were very clear with me that by the time I turn 30, we have to have very serious conversations about, you know, having children um, and I turned 30 in March. And uh, so on my 29th birthday, Joe, my husband and I, that was good, right? P- putting out there, my husband's name is
0: Joe. We love Joe. <laughs> yeah,
1: we love Joe. We'll talk about Joe more, I'm sure. we excited um, to talk
0: about Joe.
1: We Well, I actually said, I think, you know, I'm going to go off my birth control. Um, and then, because most places won't help you get pregnant unless you've tried naturally for a year. So my thought process was, we'll try, in quotation marks, um, to for a year. And then when we're ready in a year... <laughs> Well, you know, uh, we'll start the process, that kind of stuff. Um, and like I said, my birthday is in the beginning of March. By the end of May, I was pregnant. So I think just the whole thing itself was uh, not an accident. I mean, again, I know logistics. I know how it works. <laughs> um, but it happened so much faster than I anticipated. And so that kind of shock, I think, has been an interesting... Um, foreshadowing of how my pregnancy is gone. So they, um, and when I say they, I don't, I don't even know who they is, but <laughs> they, they say that you have similar pregnancies to the women in your family. So I have two, spe- two ends of a spectrum on that. I have my mom who loved being pregnant. She had four kids, you know, all this different stuff. My sister, Amy, She loved being pregnant, too. She even had twins one time. Um, They still had morning sickness and that kind of stuff, but they loved being pregnant. The morning sickness stopped at a certain point when it was supposed to. So I've got, you know, those two. Um, And then I have on the other end my sister, Brandy, and my sister, Becky, who had rough pregnancies. So Joe and I knew going into this we could go one way or the other. Uh, and he was like, I just hope you're like your mom and Amy. <laughs> I was like, me too. And I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> um, so I've been like sick the whole time and the sickness triggers other things in me. That makes me realize like I'm going to pass out because, you know, that's cool. Um, we had a fun surprise. Uh, where we were told we were having a girl. Yeah. Um, And she told us she was very great about like, I'm only 90% sure. There's always been a foot in that area, but I think I've been able to see around it. So for the past four months, I've been
0: operating on having a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and 90% too, right? Like you think those odds are pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Don't give me. And you also think, I I was telling somebody else a little bit about this. And and they're like, man, it's 2018. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this this shouldn't be a a thing, right? Like this is not super common, is it?
1: it No. And part of it's that um, Joe and I don't really care. You know what I mean? So I could have done a genetic test or I could have asked to come back and do an ultrasound again later because the baby was being very uncooperative in, in the time. Um, but I was like, eh, if it's a girl, it's a girl. If it's a boy, it's a boy. But I, what I didn't think about in that process, well, one, sorry, let me go back. My husband is a man of science.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> he is a uh, evidence and numbers person, and and uh, if, if he does something for a living with that, right? Yeah, I joke all the time that Joe does science. Um, <laughs> he he actually got a new job this year, oh. and he is like a manager of people, so that's a big big change. Um, but he does chemistry and quality control testing, um, and to him, ninety percent is not certainty. So the whole time he's been like, "Well, we're pretty sure it's a girl," and. Just darn it if I didn't go in for another ultrasound later on this past week at you know eight months, and I was just casual. Hey, just confirm it's a girl for me, and then the ultrasound tech was like, "So it's a boy." Oh, and what was your
0: what was your immediate reaction to that?
1: Uh, my immediate reaction: This is terrible. Was dang it, Joe's right. <laughs> More to do with hating to be able to have t- to tell him that he was right that 90% wasn't enough. Um, I cried a little just because it's a lot. Um, it's just a lot of emotions because we've been saying she, um, and we had come up with a name. But the the more I think about it, it makes little to no difference in my opinion, as far as whether um this baby's a boy or a girl, and that's something I'm kind of proud of. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm a little bit of a feminist, a bit, and so it shouldn't matter which one. And so it's been one of those things where I'm like, okay, I put my money where my mouth is on that one, you know? Yeah. Um, and we've done everything gender neutral up until this point. We don't have to buy any different clothes. Our, the nursery upstairs is the same. So literally the only thing that it changes at this point is the name, mm-hmm. um, which will be a battle of wills between my husband and I. So,
0: <laughs> so there isn't a name yet. No. Wow. Jury's still out. The jury will be out until he gets here. <laughs> wow.
1: Which, and, and when is your due date? February 8th is my due date. Okay. And to kind of go back to the saga of my pregnancy, uh, I also, that same day, it was a big day, uh, got diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which was very frustrating. And so it's just been a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember you messaged me. Within the week, I think, right, <laughs> yeah. and, and we're sharing these things with me, and I'm like, "Oh man," because I know Lacey, <laughs> yeah. and Lacey loves her certainty.
1: Oh, I love certainty. And
0: so these things have just thrown wrenches. I mean, the yeah. whole thing—it sounds like you said, you know, the it's just unplanned, unexpected. Well, you know what I mean, unexpected, unexpected right? Unexpected. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lots of lots of uncertainty, uh, <clears throat> which is definitely uh, a challenge for me because I, I, uh, I like as much certainty as I can. Um, but it's been it's been very good for me. I'm trying to look at it like that. Um, but yeah, so so my whole pregnancy experience has just been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, we'll say.
0: Well, and I want to talk a little bit about that because you've kept a blog. A very light blog, we'll yeah. say. <laughs> well, I went back and I read through a couple this morning, actually, uh-huh. uh, particularly the letters that you wrote. Yeah. And so not yeah. too long ago, it was in September, you in wrote September, this September, yeah, letter. I wrote a,
1: a letter to what I thought was my future daughter.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just talking about, so again, with this pregnancy, I have been very much a, uh, I, don't know, I guess, separated from it, maybe the right term in that, it just all seems so surreal and not real. Um, and, and so once we had our first ultrasound, it made the baby seem so much more real, um, because she at the time, or what we thought she at the time, uh, was stubborn, uh, refused to look at the camera. like we never would show the, you know, the face, was um, <laughs> using like my placenta. Uh, welcome to this podcast. I talked to placenta. Uh, as like a pillow. <laughs> and was like, "I'm napping, you leave me alone." And then it just made it made this baby like, "Oh yeah, oh, we are alike. <laughs> it made them seem very real. So've i I've found um, an itch to write lately, and writing helps me process my feelings. so I, I wrote a, a letter the next morning um, to my again future daughter, I thought, Mm -hmm. Um, just saying kind of how I was feeling and um, the things that I wish for her um, and kind of where I was at in the process. And then after I found out that we were wrong, (laughs) it was a he, not a she, um, I wrote another letter saying, hey, mostly what I want for you is the exact same. So... That's pretty darn cool too. Uh,
0: And yeah. And and in that letter that you wrote more recently to your son, Mm -hmm. um, I pulled up a piece of it because I love this and, and... and I want you to speak to this a little bit you write in this blog, you say I hope you're not encumbered by uh, societal norms when I thought you were a girl, this meant not being told uh, you cannot do certain things because of your gender and that you need to be uh, meek or acquiescing now that you're a boy I hope you know that you can feel all the feelings you want and express them you're not tied by anything just because you are a boy, you get to be whomever you want, talk about that, that's beautiful
1: oh well thank you
0: so I've always really liked uh, gender communication.
1: Um, I took the class in, in uh, school, and like I said a little bit earlier, I've I'm I'm a little bit of a feminist, and so I genuinely believe in you know the equality of the sexes and um, gender and that kind of stuff. I don't think that. Um, You have to be a certain way just because you're a male or female or anything like that. So um, one of the things that, and I've noticed so much in pregnancy um, with a baby that's not even here yet, uh, people really want to gender the baby before they're here. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, no, they get to be whoever they want. I don't. You know, if they're a boy, if they have to cry, they should cry. If they're a girl, they um, can be super into trucks and science and those kinds of things. I, I just don't think um, it's my job to tell them who they should or shouldn't be. Mm. And um, if anything, it's my job to protect them from others' unrealistic expectations, if that makes sense, Um yeah. I mean, I just, ch- <laughs> this, this is uh, bad. Uh, so, my husband on Friday at his company work party won uh, a gift card to Dix and a Yeti cooler. And it just was this moment where I was like, is this a sign that we're going to have a super masculine boy who wants to play sports all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I, I do it that's totally fine if that's what he's into and all that different stuff., uh, but I did have this moment where I'm like, oh, am I gonna be so like feel your feelings that he's gonna go the other way and that kind of stuff. but um, it's more just about him being whoever he is yeah how
0: how much how much do you dream about who who your son is gonna be? Yeah. And, and even before you knew it was a boy, you know. You know, you were probably dreaming these things about you know who your daughter was going to be. Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, I so so like I said, uh, there's a certain stubbornness um, that I saw uh, in the womb uh, during the ultrasound of like not wanting to show um, their face, uh, not moving where they're being told. Uh, which as a parent I know will kill me. But as a person I love because I want them to, like I said, be who they want to be and own their, own their stuff. So uh, that hasn't changed with gender. The thing that's changed <laughs> is I view the similarities between my husband, like the similarities between the baby and my husband and I differently. So before I saw that stubbornness, um, in what I thought was my daughter as kind of similar to my stubbornness of, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to tell me what to do, all this stuff. Um, but now I, and it just makes me laugh because I'm now seeing it through the lens of my husband. So my husband, um, I'm very much like a, a person who um I want you to like me. Let's be honest. Like, that's what I, you know, I want that. Uh-huh. So I'm going to put on a, a little bit of show and I'm going to try to win your affection and that kind of thing. And my husband, Joe, not that he doesn't care what you think. Well, he kind of doesn't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, he just, he is not here f- to put on a show for you. Right. You know what I mean? right? Um, and the more I think about this baby, is th- I see that more. So like, he is moving all the time, but the instant someone else but me puts their hand on my belly, he stops. He's like, nope, I'm not a circus monkey. I'm not here to perform for you. <laughs> uh, and and so I just that's really the the biggest thing that's changed in my mind is like, oh no, he's more like Joe mm. and less like me. I mean, not again. We both have our different stubborn ways and that kind of stuff. It's just been a little bit more of framing it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of fun, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, obviously, I love my husband. And so uh, he has a lot of awesome qualities. And so if this child is like him in those ways, I'm I'm down. But it's also a little like, oh, I wanted you to be like me.
0: <laughs> so, and I, I want to talk about how you have processed pregnancy over the last couple months and some of the things that you've maybe thought uh, maybe in terms of what are you excited about, what are you fearful of. But before we get to that, your husband, Joe, is an interesting man. He is. Speaking um, as his wife, you know, what are some things that maybe, you know, he's processed through this as as a first time to be father?
1: Well, I think it's hard for Joe um, because he, like, Uh, The baby and I spend a lot of time together. Uh, Mm -hmm. He doesn't get that, you know? Um, So I see Joe preparing in, again, a very Joe fashion of practical ways. It's like, we have to get this in the house. We have to clean this. We have to do that, those kinds of things. The other big thing is Joe does a great job of taking care of me. So that's where Joe has put his energy of like, okay, I need to take care of you. And if I take care of you... Then that's that's taking care of the baby, um, and so I think for him it's very not real still, because he's focused on making sure that you know when I throw up, he's there, you know, to to make sure mm-hmm. I have water or yeah. go clean out the bucket that I just threw up in, which he's done several
0: times for me. <laughs> and I've heard I've heard other men talk about that too, yeah. where you know the moment it becomes very real is mm-hmm. when they meet. The child for the yeah. first time, and not that that isn't real for you as a as a mother, but you're you're right. You get to spend all this time.
1: Oh yeah, in- and I mean, like like I said, he's actually asleep right now. Um, but I'm constantly being kicked. Uh, there are times where I'm like, I can't breathe because you are in my lungs, you know. And so <laughs> the presence is constantly known. Uh, whereas for him, you know, it's very. Uh, Abstract. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I think you know, he and I have had this discussion, and it's been a hard one that we're still working through. Of neither one of us know what we're doing. Like we both have a plethora of nieces and nephews, and 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 that kind of stuff. But um, it's different when you're the person who's in charge, and Mm -hmm. you're the responsible party, and you are the person. um, And so both of us are kind of like, well, we don't really know what we're doing. And since I think I have that constant reminder, it's easier for me to be like, I need to worry about this, and I need to worry about this, and I need to worry about this. Whereas
0: he's a little bit more of what's in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. So, which probably helps ground you when things feel very oh, all I over mean, the place, right?
1: Joe's just constantly calling me, telling me to calm down. I mean, that's the state of our relationship. <laughs> that, is him just trying to calm me down. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, and I think I have no doubt in my mind that Joe is going to be the best dad. Yeah, um, He's going to kill it. And that's one of the things that I'm the most excited about uh, seeing. Um, but I think for him, it won't click
0: mm-hmm. until the baby's here. Right. Now, you wrote in uh, some of your blogs about um, one of the fears you have is failing as a mother. Oh, yeah. Talk about that.
1: Well, so the great example is the gestational diabetes. I can't control how my body reacts to sugar. I can't control that. Um, and so my first few weeks where they were just, I, I actually passed the the testing, but because the baby's so big, because of my PCOS, all these other things, they still wanted me to monitor, monitor my blood sugar. And I would eat all the right things and still have too high a blood sugar. And it's just because I would start off too high and I can't control where I start off, um, cause it's just the way my body's processing. And I was really struggling with it because it's like, I'm already failing. I'm already failing as mom. I can't even control this one part of my body. I, I have perfectionist tendencies and I, it's something I'm trying to do better at. Um, I hate feeling incompetent as well. And so, um, and then the other thing is, I don't want a crappy kid, man. <laughs> I just
0: I don't you know, you know uh, one of the things that I think is that that I've come to really I don't know I, it comes up in conversations I have with with parents is there's this moment where you have to come to this realization that you're going to screw up your kid in some way. I know. You're not going to be the perfect parent. You can't be. Yeah. You know?
1: And I don't I and I know I won't be. And this is where I'm very contradictory in a lot of ways. Um I know I won't be. I see a lot of places where I'm going to have flaws. Um, I'm going to have a short, uh, uh, not temper, but just don't do that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Um, I also am going to really struggle if my kid doesn't try. Like as long as you, you know, I'm okay with you sucking at something as long as you try. (laughs) But if they don't try oh, that's going to kill me. You know what I mean? So I I see those things, but those are the things I already have identified as places that I might fall short. It's those other things that I feel like I shouldn't fall short on. It's just such a large task. I don't know how you don't go into it feeling like I'm going to screw this up. Mm -hmm. Like I have no desire to be like an Instagram perfect mom where we go do stuff. Joe and I aren't really doing stuff, people. Like, I like my house a lot for a reason.
0: Which we are recording this at your house right now, which is very festively decorated. We, you know, it's just shortly after Christmas. Yeah. All of the Christmas decorations are still up, the lights lights are plugged in.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just, I love Christmas. I don't decorate for any other holiday. I'm not one of those people that decorates for every holiday. We decorate for Christmas, and that's it. But that's for me. (laughs) <laughs> Joe loves it too, so that works out well. Um, if we don't go to a pumpkin patch in fall, I'm cool. You know what I mean? It's not those kinds of things. Uh-huh. Again, I just, I don't want to raise a bad person. And I think that's where, um, and I have very high standards for for being a good person. I am told that very often. So uh, I, I think that's where I'm, I'm really going to struggle of, I want my child to be a good person.
0: hmm Talking about um, perfectionistic tendencies, mm-hmm. um, I often call myself a perfectionist in recovery.
1: Yeah. And uh, <laughs>
0: it's one of those things that when I go back and I look at life in my early 20s, the the level of perfectionism that I ran my life by substantially higher than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you what has that journey been like and what things have maybe helped you or continue to help you manage perfectionism?
1: Yeah, so um, I see the most amazing therapist. Her name's Tracy and she is uh, just the best person in the world, in my opinion.
0: We love Tracy. We love Tracy
1: so much. Uh, and uh, so my perfectionism, it comes in um, real negative self-talk. So I have certain standards in my head that I have to meet um and and if I don't meet them meet them it's very much a you're this you're this you, these these bad negative things um so working with you know Tracy has been great cuz she's really good at calling me out on my crap when I do things like that um but also just trying to see What are realistic expectations for me? Um, Because I'm a perfectionist, but I'm also, and this is one of the words I'm not supposed to use, but I'm going to use it. I'm also kind of lazy. So it's a real tough balancing act of indulging that laziness and being okay with it, but also having these high standards. Um, I have a tendency to compartmentalize a lot, so like, these are things that I don't need to be perfect in. These are things that I do need to be perfect mm. in, that kind of stuff. So really it's just trying to learn how to call myself
0: out on it. Yeah. 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 One 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 practice that's really worked for me, especially as of late, you know, you talk about the negative self-talk, mm-hmm. you know, writing mm-hmm. and journaling. And I I kind of call it just sort of the the brain dump almost. Mm-hmm. You know, all of this inner self-talk, get it out on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, uncensored, yeah, and then just read over it and realize how unrealistic, realize how unkind that so is. So unkind,
1: and, and that's why you know, uh, kindness is infinitely important to me. Um, I know you, we you know, talked a little bit before, um, we started about kind of like how I live my life and that kind of stuff, and it always comes down to the word kindness, mm. and I am the least kind to myself. And I am the least kind to the people who are closest to me. Poor Joe. <laughs> He's so great. And he sees the worst in me all the time. Um, and so that level of kindness to myself is definitely something that I'm, I'm trying to figure out and work on.
0: Yeah. yeah. One of the questions that I like to ask others lately um and one i've been wrestling with myself or what what are the values that you really um, hold dearest to in your life? In other words, you know, what things do you want to base your life around? And I know you recently attended, I think it was some sort of like a work retreat. Yeah. And, and I saw you had kind of come up with this mission statement yeah. sort of thing that has a couple of noted values there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, knowing you, I know you've always valued something like kindness, right? Yeah. So, so when you think about maybe three values that are just highly core, to Lacey and the life she lives? What what would be some of those things? So kindness is 100% number one for me.
1: Uh, And I I use kindness not, I hate the word nice. I hate the word nice so much because I see nice as passive. I see nice as a placeholder. I don't think it's real. Um, Whereas kindness is effort. You know, it's trying, it's... um, sometimes it's a little brutal too. Right. You know, um, and so that kind of effort that comes along so with So very,
0: very much like a passive versus active sort yeah. of thing. An intentional versus just yeah. kind of letting it happen.
1: Yeah. Um, absolutely. So kindness would be number one. Um, along with, I think kindness. So I practice kindness by empathy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I see those two is, is very closely related. Um, Sometimes my empathy is too much and it gets me in trouble. There are a lot of things that I can't watch on TV because it's painful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that 100%. 100%. Too, like
1: I'm at the point where, well, especially in pregnancy, I'm a very emotional individual. Uh, but like the best I can do right now, food shows. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, uh, you watch the Great British Bake Off and you feel amazing because it's just lovely people being lovely to one another. Uh, and it's just great. <laughs> have
0: you have you watched, um, I was just informed about this show. It's a Netflix show called Nailed It.
1: Oh, I have watched Nailed It, and I love it. It's
0: such a great concept.
1: I love it because they all go into it with the same set of expectations, and the the reward is just doing it, yeah. you know?
0: And uh, so just... if you haven't watched the show, Nailed It, they, they find the worst bakers and cooks, right? Yeah. And they they find these elaborate cakes and basically ask them to recreate it. With yeah. the forethought that they're gonna fail they're gonna
1: fail, and it's fine it's fine, and I you know it's part of the show to fail and and, the, and they make some decisions that i Joe and I watched a few episodes together, and he was like, they're giving them impossible tasks. I'm like, yes, they are, but they make terrible decisions
0: <laughs> <laughs> um it's great though when you can like I call those like. These are shows that remind us of our humanity. Yeah, and, and And kind of allow us to laugh at ourselves. and Yeah, you know, and the humble. contestants
1: are in on it and on the the joke of it, and they're everyone's a good sport and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love nailed it. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's see here. So kindness. I am a strong believer in hard work. Um, and I think it goes back to that, like I was saying, I'm going to really struggle if my kid doesn't try. I try very hard all the time, uh, cause I, I think that's what I should do. Um, so, so hard work and, and, and doing the best you can is, is very, very important to me. And then number three is just laughter. I, I have to laugh a lot every day, uh, and I just, I like to be surrounded by people who, who like to laugh and have a good sense of humor. Um, those, those, I would say those are definitely the most important things for me. So.
0: Where, where did those values come from? Did they, did you grow up with them? Did they, you know, uh, did you discover them, you yeah. know, at certain points in your life?
1: Um, I would say the kindness 1,000% comes from my mother. She is... The kindest, most lovely person in the entire world, and I can assure you, she's listening to this whenever <laughs> it comes out. She even asked me, "She's like, is it live?" Because I told her I was seeing you, and she was like, "I love Zach, and I know you do." She's wonderful. She, <laughs> she's just she's she's wonderful. She is. Uh, she is
0: a very kind and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, there was a time, do you remember when I stayed at the Bradley estate? Oh yeah. And, uh, I was, I had an early flight out of Dayton, I think. And and, my
1: parents live right by the Dayton airport.
0: Yeah. And she was just incredibly, um, kind and very great hostess. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Carolyn Bradley's killing it. She is, she is the bomb. Um, Definitely from her, and I would say, um hard work is from both my parents. My dad worked a lot i they had me working young, so my dad's a fran- well was a franchisee for Wendy's um, and so he worked a lot and I saw him working a lot. Um, my first job was at a Wendy's um, but they very much like uh, they are doers, and this is not something I <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uh, we learned at a young age, Lacey's not great for manual labor. Um, they would do all of their, uh, the landscaping at, at their Wendy's. And I would go with them on Saturday mornings, and I would get maybe a quarter of the amount of work done. <laughs> so I just am good at different work is what I like to get. Um, my parents could move this house faster than most, you know, 20-something people guys I know, because it's like, we do, we move, we get, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely from my parents. And I would say, I mean, laughter is just my family overall. I'm the youngest of five kids. Um, I'm the youngest by a lot. Um, So my brother's the closest to me. He's five years older than me. And I've always just kind of been in a different stage than everybody else. Um, But one thing that I feel like we all did all the time was laugh a lot, so.
0: Well, and that, those values... Especially the laughter, I think. Yeah. It plays out in how you approach life and how you embrace life, which is a huge reason why I'm such a fan of Lacey Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. I, I still kind of call you Lacey Bradley because My I'm just full name used is
1: Lacey Bradley Tomlinson, so it's still in there. There it's we still go. It's still there. There we go. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, we met in graduate school mm-hmm. at the University of Cincinnati mm-hmm. and shared many a laugh.
1: Many a laugh. So I just I'm trying to think. There was something the other day that happened to Joe and I. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so we have two dogs, Indian Luna, who are literally passed out around us right now. Yeah,
0: they're very, they're very, they're the bomb. They're
1: the best <laughs> dogs in the entire world.
0: They're wonderful, and they're just, they're just, they very are passed out right now.
1: Yeah, they just like to hang out. We have a very chill household. So, we had one night. I was, we were making. I was making something for, oh, I was making apple pies because we were having a potluck at work. Um, I first of all found out that carpal tunnel is a pregnancy symptom. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't out, know that. Yeah, now <laughs> you know. There we I go. I knew that night. You heard it first. <laughs> I know, um, a lot of women experience it. Uh, when I was trying to peel all the apples because I don't have an <clears throat> apple peeler, peeler core slicer. Uh, and, uh, you have to use fresh tart apples if you want a good apple pie. That's my tip to all of you today. Uh, and then, so we've got an apple pie in the oven. Um, we're sitting here watching TV and I look over and our dog Luna. I look at her paw and it's just covered in blood. Oh goodness. And then I see that there are these bloody paw prints on the floor. And I was, I, you know, I'm, Joe, <laughs> there's blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's laying here too. Somehow she had like ripped part of her nail off somewhere. We don't know. And then... uh so then we move her into the kitchen so we're not getting blood on carpet and whatnot. And then the apple pie's in the oven and it starts overflowing. I'm holding Luna. We're trying to get the blood flow under control. The smoke alarm's going off. The apple pie is burning. <laughs> And I'm, you know, seven months pregnant on the floor, and I can't. I'm holding the dog to make sure blood doesn't get anywhere. So my poor husband's running around. We're all just trying to manage the situation. And about ten minutes later, I just died laughing. I was like, "Can we appreciate how ridiculous that all was?" Well, and Joe was
0: like, "No, we can't."
1: He was not there yet. But that's, I mean, that's that's my that's my route. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, and and. You and Joe, if I remember, you're a big fan of The Office. You're a big fan of Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is my favorite, And yes. And you and Joe very much are characters from shows like that.
1: I mean, I would like to think, I would love to be Leslie Nope. I mean, I do have a fondness for binders. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, and, I and, do
1: like breakfast foods quite a bit. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Joe can come off a little stoic and he's a very hairy man, like you're your Ron Swanson. So I can see that a little bit, yeah.
0: But this is part of why I love the life of, of Lacey because <laughs> there you, you have a way of bringing this humor and, and almost creating these narratives that become sort of like, yeah, I just think of Lacey like Leslie Nope. Oh, I would love to be Leslie
1: Knope. Yeah, I mean- I mean, have I told myself before, like you got this, Lacey? I mean, I almost have to do it every day when I walk up the stairs because being <laughs> pregnant is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hear Joe downstairs, like, "Did you just give yourself encouragement to get up the stairs instead?" Yes. Self talk.
0: Yes, I did. Thank you. But uh, I'm reminded. <laughs> I'm reminded of when we were in graduate school. You and Joe, you lived with a roommate whose name escapes me. Um,
1: Joe lived with two guys named, both were named Ben, but we called one of them Hippie. That's
0: it, that's Hippie it. that you're thinking of. <laughs> just the stories that came out of that were just hilarious. But uh, well,
1: it's they're they're funny, but they're the stupidest story. They're not actually interesting.
0: <laughs> I think they're fascinating. <laughs> I know. And, well, <laughs> and and there was um the Steve Cats,
1: the Steve Cats. Yeah. So tell um, us about the
0: Steve Cats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is not me. This is all Joe, but I guess I'm the better storyteller. Uh, so they lived at the end of a street, and there were all these stray cats that just someone down the street would feed in front of their house. Uh, and so there were just cats around all the time. And Hippie, their, their roommate, uh, one of Joe's roommates, uh, had a cat named Meowser Steve. And for some reason, they thought it was a great idea to name all of the cats different versions of the name Steve based on different characteristics. So there was Meowser Steve, Meowser Steve Jr., there was Ninja Steve, and Phone Ninja Steve. So if you ever saw Ninja Steve, it was actually Phone Ninja Steve
0: because you can't see Ninja Steve
1: because <laughs> he's a ninja.
0: And I love these stories. And there was one of them, right? The, one of them. I, I, I think you said would follow you. Yeah, Meowser
1: Steve Junior would follow me down. Or no, no, no. Oh, and then there was Just Steve. Then <laughs> Just is not part of the name, but you have to say Just Steve, so you know. Um, <laughs> but Steve, when I would park on the street and walk down to the to the back door, he would he would just escort me every day when I would when I would come over. So um, I I always had a fondness for Just Steve because he was very very nice to me. Uh, but he, he, was unremarkable
0: apparently because he was just <laughs> uh. no. But like I, I always thought this would be such a great concept for like a kids book. Uh, yeah, yeah. I but I, what's the set? I could never figure out the
1: central uh, problem. Like, the mystery of who feeds Steve, Because it wasn't any of them who lived in the house. Uh, oh, and those cats thought they owned that <laughs> property. <laughs> um, and Joe's a, a big cat and an animal person. Um, but at a certain point, he was like, there's just too many cats.
0: <laughs> but the it's things like that that just became... It, it, they became their own thing. Oh, and, yeah. And in Lacey's life, there's yeah. so many things like that. That, yeah. that That's what keeps me, like, I want to know what's going on in your life because yeah. it's a thing.
1: Well, I think, I know the other thing you really enjoy, this, is, this makes Joe sound not great, but he, it is great, is, um, well, first of all, I told him I loved him way before he told me. Uh, oh, I love this story. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, it was hard Um, but I knew if I stuck with it, you know, it's one of the reasons why when Joe asked me to marry him, I was like, all right, this is it. We're never getting divorced because Joe's made up his mind. And once Joe makes up his mind, that's it. Um, but he's not a big words of affirmation person. He, you know, he definitely shows his love with acts of service. And I'm very much a a words of affirmation person. I'm a little bit of a talker if you haven't figured that one out, um, and so there was a period of time where he had told me that he loved me, but he just, it's, it's not something he says all the time, and I say it a lot. So what he would do is I would say, I love you, and then he would say, you're fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I have told this story to people. You're like, that's what's so, your stories are fun to share with others for well,
1: me. Yeah, and I, I mean it makes him sound like a jerk but ultimately what happened
0: was is your fun became his version of i love you you know what i mean and well and 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 you and i both taught interpersonal communication yeah. and one of the things we talk about is like you, you negotiate meaning in relationships mm-hmm. right you you mm-hmm. have your ways of communicating affection and yeah. so for you and joe that's just what it became
1: yeah absolutely and 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 Part of me, for Joe to think I'm fun is great. So okay, I'm fun. <laughs> I'll take that.
0: But that I mean, again, just seems like something straight out of a a TV sitcom, a lighthearted, enjoyable,
1: yeah, thing. I mean, I yeah, I those are the things in my life that. I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I appreciate how remarkable you think they are. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're all right. I mean, I enjoy them, Um, but I I would probably think someone else
0: would think that's super boring. So, (laughs) so another thing I wanted to make sure we talked about here, because again, your approach to life is so interesting and I think inspiring, um, because again, I share these things with other people (laughs) regularly.
1: So crazy to me. (laughs) But uh,
0: there was a time in graduate school, and I don't even remember how it came up but it was the list of a hundred things that make you happy
1: yeah yeah so well I I think and I don't do this as much now but I think at the time it would be something and I would say oh that makes me happy Um, and happiness is important to me and I I do talk about being happy a lot I see happiness as a happiness is not a constant state it's something that you constantly
0: work toward to achieve
1: and so so I, happiness
0: is a choice. Happiness it is a choice. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't come by you. No, right. you
1: you work to be happy. Um and and part of that is finding the things in your world that make you happy. And for me, a lot of times there are just little things that I love that that make me happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we made those lists we made and I this. actually have your list with me right yeah. now. And it actually I think I had messaged you about it. It it was on my refrigerator actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and not that I would read it line by line, but um, it was one of those reminders for me of just find find the happy, yeah, just find, find the joy in the little things. and the little things, yeah, and, and so, I don't know, how long has it been since you've maybe looked at this? I have not looked at this list, oh. In a long time, and there there's some things on there. Like uh, there's a whole section in there where you just go. I think it's a lot of your family members. Yeah, and it's things like the way this person laughs. Yeah, or the way that this person does this. Yeah,
1: so like um, each of my nieces and nephews um, have something about them that I, I think is really awesome and cool. So I've got those on here. Um, when my <laughs> number twenty-seven, when my uh, sister Amy gets drunk, that's definitely on here. Uh, she's. Uh, Amy is a very kind of like buttoned up. Um, she always thinks before she speaks. She's the version of Martha Stewart in my life and that kind of stuff. So when Amy gets drunk, I just, it makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> but things like my dad's mashed potatoes. I love my dad's mashed potatoes. We had them on Christmas. They were great. Um The minute when you first get to your destination when you're on vacation, yes. Because it's just like, (laughs) yes, I made it. And it's this feeling of, I've got this whole time ahead of me. Um, Let's see here. (laughs) Crossing things off a list, absolutely. Butternut squash ravioli is still amazing.
0: Um, do you find that as you're kind of glancing through this right now, because we made these lists back in, I don't know, what, like 2012?
1: Yeah, so it's been about six years.
0: Do you, do you find that a lot of these hold true or hold still? Or, you know, or maybe are, are there things that you think of that maybe have changed?
1: I think that there are some things that are less important now. Um,. Oh, I do still still love when my car says hello when I turn it on. That is, I just think it's so nice. <laughs> hello, um, it's just like it, I it I, it pops up on the screen and it says hello. Yeah. Um, I still love the word sassy. I think it's a great
0: word. I used that word to describe you, actually, <laughs> which is the
1: greatest compliment I <laughs> could get. When I was younger, I wanted curly hair because I thought curly-haired girls were sassy. Um, but like. Looking at Brad Pitt's fine at this point, but I don't think it would be in my top 100. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I can look at Brad Pitt. But but then there's some things like, oh, I love getting mail. Um, I still love Parks and Recreation. Um, I love seeing Joe happy. I'm less on Mac products as I used to be. Not that I'm anti-Mac products, but... um, I will say, Sexy and I Know It by LMFAO is on here, and I still really enjoy anytime that song comes on. <laughs> I just forgot about it. So later
0: this afternoon, that's probably
1: going to be jamming
0: here. Well, there, there are a couple on that list that we share. Yeah. And uh, one of those is, I call it the nectar of the gods, Chick-fil-A sauce. Chick-fil-A sauce is so good. And I have a gift for you.
1: <gasps> you gem of a human. <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A sauce. It's so good. It really is. I it's don't- so good. I'm not allowed to have it right now because you it's just it. sugar, you basically. But I'm gonna have some. You when save I can. it. So yeah, I, I would say a lot of these still ring true, and some are very important to me. Like I've got um, my aunt Kitty, who's my godmother and and just lovely and wonderful, um, but passed away. She gave me a pair of earrings, and they're very important to me. So those would be on there, but like my dogs aren't on here and my dogs make me real happy. Mm -hmm. So like, I think there are just some things, um, sitting in my house makes me happy. Um, this twinkly lighted Christmas tree behind me makes me happy.
0: Well, and and even the things that you blog about or the things that you post on social media are very sitting on my porch, drinking my big tea, having a, having a great morning.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the dogs are there just chilling. Just
1: chilling. We I I'm the most happy when I'm uh doing very little
0: apparently. Which I, mean, <laughs> I remember you telling me there was cuz we would frequently walk um around campus yeah. and you know, we would go to get lunch. We would go to get big tea together, which was our, you know, our thing. Well, just
1: because I can't have a whole lot of caffeine in the afternoon or I'll be up all night. But <laughs> it's like it's, I'm having a big, or I'm, I'm having a rough day, so I'm going to get a big it's, iced tea. It's a
0: big tea it's kind a of big day. big tea day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just uh, there was a time where you talked about being strategically lazy. I yeah. Which is one of the the Lacey's life philosophies. Again, I share these with people. Which
1: is just funny because I was literally talking about this with my niece the other day. And my sister was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we're trying to make her not lazy, not more lazy. I can, I can only remember one of my examples. And it still rings true. Uh, I also want to preface, this makes me sound like a
0: terrible person. <laughs> Or I, a really smart I, one. I just it makes me so no. It's the it's the works which works, works Work smarter, smarter, not, not harder.
1: harder. Yeah. Um, so the best example I can give, and you can. Attest to this <laughs> uh, is when we would go uh, somewhere, and I. This happens now too at work. Uh, you have to. You you know we're on a college campus. People are out and about. You never know who's walking by your office. You have to make sure you lock it. Um, and so we would go out to lunch or something, uh, and be walking back. And the key <laughs> is to just walk a little bit slower than the person you're with. So <laughs> they have to get their keys out first and open the door. This is so it. That you don't have to find your keys because the other person's doing it. And you just, you do it subtly. You just subtly slower. Um, same thing with opening doors, you know, subtly slower. But you got to be smart about who you're with. You can't do it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me sound like a jerk. <laughs> Again, I think it just <laughs> makes you sound smart. But I'm like, I've got a purse and the keys are somewhere in that purse. But, you know, at some point, you know, it's just easier for somebody else to find them. So I'm just going to walk a little bit slower so it hits them first <laughs> so that they need to open it before they ask me to. So life lessons to, by Lacey yeah, right there. Um, that's the only one that I could think of. I it's know the, I have That's the example one. I share. Yeah, I, and I will say, with my husband, none of them work.
0: <laughs> like, he sees I, right he through
1: sees it. He sees right through me, and uh, he does not put up with it. Um, uh, but I've learned that you have to be careful who you share it with, because if you sh- but there are some people who, like you, Zach, or uh, my coworker Denise thinks it's funny now too because uh, she sees me doing it. <laughs> And she does it and she plays along. And so, but then there are some people who think you're a monster. <laughs> like my sister, when I was explaining this to my niece, um, my my sister was just like, Why, don't teach her these things. I'm like, as long as you work hard other places, people... Get it? You know, it's not that I'm I'm not working hard other places. I, I literally earlier I said my values were hard work, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking about how lazy I can be. Now, now I'm telling the world, and uh, no one's gonna let me get away with it anymore. Um, but like we were we were also talking about uh, about showering. And like, I just, it takes a lot of effort to do
0: my hair. So I've
1: trained my hair to not need
0: to be washed as much. You know, there there are some girls that I know that they had this conversation about how long yeah. you can go without washing your yeah. hair. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost to a week and it's awesome. And, and, that's, and that's the thing is like oh, so many of them were like, oh yeah, a week, that's no problem. Yeah. And that's where they say, is it dry shampoo? Dry
1: shampoo is the winner. Um, and then, so I, I still shower between,
0: right, right. You know. But when it comes to washing your when hair. When it comes to washing
1: my hair, yeah. So I wash my hair less and you know, I've shown my, the, again, I've told the people around me, oh, I have another example. Um, like the more my hair is up, the further I am away <laughs> that week, uh, uh, I've also learned um, that I can take over the world with if I put lipstick on. Like, mm. I will get no sleep or anything like that. But as long as I put lipstick on, people just trust me. They're like, <laughs> yes, you've put effort into your look today. And I, I am in, and I've found a lipstick that does not wipe away throughout the day. So the, literally, it takes me two seconds in the morning. And people are like, "Oh my gosh, you look great today!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just I put lipstick on. <laughs> That's all I've done." Uh, and now you think I have my life together,
0: <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> and, and the reality is, and, and I find this more and more as I get older. Right? None of us know no, what we're doing. We're figuring it out. We're all just trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, recognizing that in one another, I think, you know, when it comes to empathy and, and I do have a tendency um, to give people the benefit of the doubt because I do try to see, okay, this is why they made this decision um, and that kind of stuff. And I, I, I give a little bit more slack. You know, I, I've yet to find the male equivalent of putting lipstick on. I mean, if putting lipstick on works for you, you do it. Um, I realize that's not for everybody. Um, but I'm just, I tell you, put, oh, put a blazer on too. It doesn't matter if you've got a t-shirt on underneath it. It doesn't matter. Blazer and a lipstick, I could take over the world. There it is. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Unstoppable. It.
1: Unstoppable. And it's not effort. <laughs> it is zero effort, uh, maximum uh, impact. I just, I could take over the world. Uh I don't feel like I can because <laughs> usually I'm compensating for other things those days.
0: One of one of the things that, you, uh, that I share with people that I got from you um, is there was a time where you did this thing where you wrote a letter to yourself. Yeah. I think it was like 10 years in the past, 10 years in the future and then present. present. So three letters, but you wrote them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about just, you know, that exercise and, and, as, especially as a reflective process. You make me sound so, like, reflective and thoughtful. <laughs> I, I, th- I mean, you are to me. <laughs>
1: I know. I often have a lot of feelings. Uh, and so I need to process them, which is where um, writing has come from for me. Uh, and I don't share most of my writing, Um I've started a blog here or there, and um, it's only until recently that I've been like, I think I'm supposed to share this. I don't know what that means yet, Um, but I think I was 25, um, and so I wrote a letter, 25 or 26, so I wrote a letter to my 15, 16-year-old self and then 35-ish-year-old self, and then 25—I don't know where those are, though. So that's a little useless there.
0: Do you, do you remember which one was, like, the most challenging to write?
1: Um, the future. Definitely was the most challenging for me to write um, because I—so I'm a very future-oriented person in general. I'm always thinking about the future, which is where some of my anxiety and that kind of stuff comes because I like certainty. So you can't plan for everything, that kind of stuff. Um, I think I got the most out of writing one to my past self because my early 20s, I grew a lot and I became a lot more comfortable with myself. Um, I found my people a bit more. I became more comfortable Um and, and just things started to be a little bit easier. So being able to write that letter to my younger self and being like, yeah, you are lost and that's just fine. Um, you know, you're, you're going to find your way there. Uh, and, and then the writing the one to my current self, it's, it's a lot of, you know, just keep going. You're doing good, that kind of stuff. But the, the future self, you know, at that point... Joe and I had been together for a little while. We weren't engaged or getting married. Um, I was very much still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so I had after grad school, I tried a couple of different jobs. Um, that in theory, you would think are perfect for me, but just never fit. Um, and I, I hadn't quite found my my niche in higher education yet. Um, and so seeing that future self was so hard for me because I didn't know what that looked like. I I was pretty sure it was gonna be with Joe. I wasn't sure if it was gonna be with kids. I didn't know what my job would look like, those kinds of things. So it was very hard to write that letter because um, you know, how how do you how do you address that when you don't really know what that looks like? Yeah. So and then the other thing is, you know, I don't know about you, but past Lacey sometimes I'm like girl what are you thinking you know (laughs) and I I just remember thinking to myself like and I think I genuinely wrote this like I hope I didn't screw anything up for you (laughs) (laughs) that's the that's some responsibility that I'm taking on myself right now (laughs) so
0: my my experience has been as a fellow future oriented person Mm -hmm. the writing to my present self is incredibly powerful in that it slows me down to really look at life in the present and to recognize what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, yes. I think for me, it may be particularly where I was in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if I did the same exercise now, um, it would, I think present self, it would be a lot of um, trying to be kind to myself, like I already said. and, And sometimes that can be hard because I can be hard on myself. So I can see, I can see what you mean by that for
0: sure. You and I, uh, we both taught interpersonal communication uh-huh. at uh, at the University of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we learned from, um, you know, sort of the the course director, uh, and, and that we incorporated into our classes is the six word autobiography. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, what this is is your life. Encapsulated in a six-word phrase. Yeah. Not a list, a phrase. A phrase, yeah. And and just, you know, for some people it describes, you know, their life up to this point, or maybe it's a motto that kind of um frames their life. Um do you remember what yours was? Or I don't. I I had a few. I tried to change (sighs) it up every semester, and one of mine is I rarely know what's going on. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just a way for me to say, "You know what? <laughs> Life is always changing. I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, even now, you know, I find myself in a season where things are so kind of up in the air. yeah and and it's just a you know for me that that's fun. And I always enjoyed reading student responses to those.
1: I loved it. yeah. I mean, I know what mine would be now, yeah, she's just doing her best." <laughs> <laughs> She's just doing her best. <laughs> I love that, though. That's so great. My other option would be something having to do with a nap. <laughs> 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 I took a nap, bad choice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's on my list of things that make me happy. I love a good nap. Love a good Oh,
1: nap. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's just about two-thirds of the time I nap and I wake up and I'm a, a worse person. <laughs> And, uh, and my, my, whor- my poor husband, I, he should all pity him. Uh, he knows <laughs> when that
0: happens and he's just like, okay, we took a nap today, didn't we? <laughs> now you, you and Joe have been married for how long now? We've been married for two and a half years. Yeah. And um, let me say this too. Your wedding was a blast. <laughs> Thank you. It was a good time. That means a lot to me. And uh, <laughs> so you're two and two and a half years in. What have you learned about love and marriage in that time?
1: Yeah. So I, I will say Joe and I, we've been married for two and a half years, but we have been together since 2010. So eight, we've been together for eight years. Um, we bought a house together five years ago. So we've been <clears throat> a uh, serious long-term relationship for a long time now. I, I, not a whole lot changed for us when we actually got married because like I said, we already owned a house together. Um, we already had our, our four children, uh, Indy and Luna. Um, we functioned very much in that in that capacity. I, I love Joe more now than I ever have, one. And he shows me every day how just awesome he is, even when I'm, very mad at him, which is very easy to do as a pregnant woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can mad a lot of people. Um, like my favorite days with Joe are the days where we are running errands and just going. And we actually talked about this the other day. Just we're we're going to pick things up that we have to get, and so it's us in the car talking about just the dumbest things. And and so I, I think. I, va- I put so much more value now on um, those smaller moments than I, I did when we first started um, dating. I also, he has made me a much better person in so many different ways. I still care a lot what other people think, but much less. Before I was with Joe, I would never call myself a laid back person. But now everyone says that I am so laid back, and I think that's funny. So I'll roll <laughs> with that. I think that's his influence. But I, I, you know, also being on the precipice of of going into a big change in our lives, you know, I'll be honest. When I before we started this journey to become pregnant, you know, we talked about how we love our life, like. We have the best life. You know, we, you know we're so blessed to um, be financially stable. Um, we have a lot of really lovely, wonderful people in our lives. We can do whatever we want all the time.
0: Um, and, and a baby changes that for mm-hmm. sure. Well, and, and, you know, hitting on that, it reminds me again of why I'm such a fan of, of your life because you very much are content with the simple living, Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and please hear that in, in the oh, most no. highest a compliment, I, I, right? Because, you know, it, you enjoy just being married, having your house, having your tea, having yeah. your, you know, back porch, yeah. your dogs. And, and I think, especially in America, I think there's this sometimes, you know, you should want this more and you should want this, like, bigger and better and things like that. And I'm just like, Lazy is so content in her life.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, when I was younger. And that's not settling, that's yeah, not no. settling,
0: but just contentment, finding contentment. Yeah. I think that's what we're all really looking for, and it just seems like you guys have, have really embraced that.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I definitely was like, oh, I want this big life where I travel all the time and... Um, I, I think everybody wants to be famous, you know, and all that stuff. And I, I mean, I would say that probably changed before I met Joe, but at a certain point I realized like, no, I just, I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of when I started to do those things of like, well, what actually makes me happy? Being home with my twinkly Christmas tree, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and having quiet moments. Um, like I'm an old lady, I, I, I don't like going to <laughs> to bars where there's music that's really loud because that's not why I'm at the bar. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to be with the people that I'm with and enjoy that cocktail in front of me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those are the things that are important. Um, and so kind of those other more bigger things are just, those aren't necessarily things that make me happy. Now, don't get me wrong. I still would love to travel a whole bunch, and I... Um, no, because I don't want to take care of a big house. This is about the biggest house I could take care of. The thought of having a larger home would be terrifying. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just I, I think I have also realized that with those bigger things become comes responsibilities. Um, and as I've said at work numerous times, stop giving me access to stuff because I don't want the responsibility to go with
0: it. Well, and, and there's <laughs> some there's some wisdom there, right? Because. We shouldn't take on responsibilities that we that we can't manage. Yeah, right. Yeah. So being willing to say, you know what, that house would be nice, but I don't think I can do that right now, mm-hmm. or I don't think I want to commit to doing that right now, mm-hmm. if ever. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and that's
0: just knowing your limits.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like some stuff. Like I don't want to come off sounding like. <laughs> I'm some altruistic, <laughs> like, <laughs> I would like some stuff, okay. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I, I like stuff that I can, you know, use
0: or I don't know. So talk about, you know, your life up to this point, um, and, and especially the way that, again, you embrace it. What would you say is your proudest accomplishment or achievement? <sighs>
1: Proudest accomplishment or achievement? I think my marriage is really awesome, and I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm very proud of it. That would make Joe embarrassed to know that he's part of my proudest accomplishment. Um, I have never stopped learning in any way. I went from high school to undergrad to grad school. I tried a different job. I tried a different job. I finally found a job that fit, and then I needed to keep learning some more, and now I'm pursuing a master's part-time because I can. And so that constant just search for knowledge and learning and, and that kind of stuff, I, that is important to me, and I'm proud that that's kind of where I am, that I, I, I want to keep learning. Because um, I'm all about the process of learning, mm-hmm. you know, I love being in a class. I'm a big old nerd um, so I would say those two things is like you know, I have a pretty awesome husband, and I'm really proud of our marriage thus far. Trust me, I know it's gonna go through a lot <laughs> in the next few years, but up in this point uh, until this point, uh I think we're pretty cool, and um uh yeah, just that that constant search for knowledge
0: as a As one feeler to another, Uh I'm curious, you know, what is the last thing, you know, be it a movie, a song, be it uh, an interaction with somebody that's really moved you?
1: Well, it's really hard for me to answer right now because uh, (laughs) the last time I cried was on Christmas Eve because my grandma gave me a pair of very fuzzy slippers. (laughs) And the slippers were so fuzzy, they made me cry. Pregnancy does weird Pregnancy things to you. Pregnancy does so many weird things to me. <laughs> I was never really, I mean, uh, that much of a crier. You see, I cry at everything.
0: Everything I, uh, <laughs> moves me. So.
1: Uh, but, for, oh, show me a fluffy dog and I'm gone too. Apparently, fluffiness is very important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding it as a theme. But what really moved me?
0: Moved or inspired, inspired. you, maybe? Made you think? Made you. You know.
1: Yeah. The TV show, The Good Place, uh, moves me so I, much. I have not
0: watched, but people who know uh, me. You would love it, Zach. Th- that's um, it. They, they've recommended it, and they're like, you have to watch this.
1: So The Good Place, I love so much because, one, it has that similar um, feeling about laughter and, and that kind of stuff as Parks and Rec, and there's a lot of similar DNA in it, and I love that. But it also is about moral philosophy and what it means to be a good person and how can you be a good person. Um, and that's, as we've talked about, very near and dear to my heart. So a lot of the things that they talk about on there is very near and dear to me. And then the other thing is a cartoon <laughs> <laughs> called Steven Universe that is delightful and wonderful. And... Um, and there are many many moments in it that have moved me so heavily that i've i've cried and i think about often mm. Um And I can't tell you because then it gives stuff away.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. Um, we'll just all have to go check it out and, should, and be moved ourselves. You should. Kyle, wish we could talk about Kyle a little bit oh, later. Oh, yeah. I um, forgot about Kyle. We,
1: I, uh, Joe and I convinced Kyle and his wife, Drea, to watch it. And they are currently watching it and sending me stuff about it because they love it too. So.
0: so you are a huge fan of trying new things. I love you you talked new about things. how. You're wanting to inspire that within your child. Yeah. Um, and I love that again, you're you're so much fun to keep track of because I remember when you started doing your loopy letters by Lacey, yeah. just as a new thing you were trying. Yeah. Um, and and Kyle is a guy you used to work with, yeah. right? And we love Kyle. Oh, Kyle is the most
1: soft-hearted, genuine, good person that I know. Like yeah. he's just he
0: is good and light. And honestly, I mean, I'm a fan of Kyle, too. Like, <laughs> as you know, I kept up with... So, Lacey, you essentially were helping Kyle try new things. Well,
1: Kyle is um, has been very sheltered, apparently. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't think so. There are just many things in Kyle's world that he's like, I haven't done that before. And you're like, you haven't? Um, like, when he... This is not my story to tell, but it's so funny to me. <laughs> he went to college and dipped his uh, french fries in ranch dressing for the first time and was like, this dressing just tastes like cool ranch Doritos. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's ranch. <laughs> or, or there was so, so he hadn't had ranch before. He hadn't had ranch before, apparently. Wow. Or there was one time where we were at, sorry, it's just so funny. We were at a work event And there was some kind of fruit salad, and the um, grapes were cut in half. And Kyle was like, did you guys know that grapes were solid on the inside? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Did you think they were gushers? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just such a—and it's so funny because I think when I tell people about this, they maybe picture this— Small, meek person, but Kyle or Kyle's this tall, strapping, yeah. Viking-looking of a man, and it's just so funny and lovely.
0: But there for a while, you guys were posting these things as no, he, he was trying yeah, these he new tried things. Trying coffee
1: for the first time with us. I sent you a picture of yeah. that. So yeah, he just yeah. I, I the other thing about Kyle again. Sorry if Kyle listens to this. Um, he will always order the worst thing on the menu.
0: <laughs> but like then, intentionally or just, no, like it he, just happens?
1: He just, like we were at a barbecue place the other day and he was going to order a black bean burger. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're at a barbecue place, order barbecue. You know what I mean? The black bean burger is for people who don't eat barbecue. You eat barbecue, bro. <laughs> like, <I> just, like, <laughs> but then he'll like blame the place for making it bad I'm like it's not their fault that you ordered the worst <laughs> thing you're judging them on the wrong stuff <laughs> but he's like i'd love a black bean burger I, I get it buddy i get
0: it <laughs> <laughs> but look where you are
1: but look where you are let's think about our choices
0: <laughs> look at your, look look at your, at your choices, choices.
1: <laughs> oh i love it uh, anyway sorry back to steven yours kyle and his wife are watching it now and I'm getting like live updates on his thoughts and feelings about it. And it just makes me love it more. There's a lot of music in it. And Joe and I, like we'll be cooking in the kitchen and we'll be listening to that. But there are some specific songs that make me cry. One of them, it, it just, uh, it encapsulates my anxiety to a tee, like how I feel. Um, so that made me cry. One of the songs talks about a relationship and and literally the phrase is, you know that the relationship is a conversation, which, as a social constructionist communication person, it just warms my heart. So that yeah, our our relationships are conversations and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, um, and it's it's about a like ten year old boy and. <laughs>
0: These things come out of it, so... I can't wait to check this out. I have a feeling it, it's right up my alley. I
1: think you would like it. Um, I do think you would like it. I will say it's rough to start, because I did not like it at first, but Joe really pushed for me to, to keep watching it. He's like, no, you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Um, and now we will be hanging a uh, poster of it in the nursery. Because so much to me. That's great, though. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it just...
0: Very, very near and dear to my heart. So, the podcast is a, is called "The Biggest Fan of Your Life," and yeah. it's born out of um, just me being a huge fan of a lot of different people in my life. Mm-hmm. Who are you a fan of in your life? And, and this can be somebody who is actually personally, you know, that you know, but, yeah. but but also you know could be big name person too. Like, who are you a fan of? So,
1: um, a couple of these are people that I hope you do interview. Because I think you would agree, uh, I'm a big fan of our dear friend Alex Lippert. Uh, uh, Alex! I know. Uh, she is uh, another person we went to grad school with, and she's just fascinates me all the time. And I, um,
0: she would be great. She
1: would be fantastic. I highly recommend it. She is also very pregnant. She's due a few weeks before me. I am a big fan of her life because I love, like you said, her outlook and and her approach. Um, I'm a big fan of Kyle. We already talked about Kyle. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. I mean, there there are some big name people um that I look at and I'm like, okay, I like you. I'm I've been watching <laughs> Come Up Here, Bubba. Sorry, mind talking to my dog now. No, he's too afraid of the wires. Um, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy um Kristen Bell. Um I've listened to her on a couple of different podcasts and I, I find her um, approach to life very interesting. Um, so, so I would highly recommend listening to her episode of Conan O'Brien's podcast. Because mm. she talks a lot about this idea that like, when you're mad at somebody else in a different car, like she tries to remember that that person has a favorite pair of shoes and a favorite color. And it makes them human. And I'm like, oh, mm. you're right. Because I will say I've got empathy, but not when it comes to driving in my car. <laughs> I, just,
0: <laughs> I think pe- people are real jerks. And what, uh, I, what, I mean, that mentality or that idea that, you know, you can, we, we can villainize people so easily. Oh, so easily. And, and to humanize them, it, it's, it's that value of empathy. Yeah. You know, to, to say yeah. you're, you're just a human like I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another guy I follow right now, his whole thing uh, that he's pushing is just the, I'm just a human that wants to be loved. Yeah. And that's really all of us. Yeah. And when we can remember that, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, the root of why people do what they do. And we just don't always get it right.
1: No, and, and that's why I usually, like, if I'm talking to somebody in customer service, I'm always saying, like, I know no one did this on purpose. I know this was no one's fault. You know, those different things because I genuinely... You know, I believe that I may be mad, but you know what I mean. I, I it's those things that I do try to keep in mind. Um, mm-hmm. So that I would say that I see there's just a lot of people in my world in general, and I think that's been part of my. Um, I've talked about this, you know. I've kind of narrowed my scope of my world, and and I, you know, I, I don't, I, I am very intentional about the people that I. Spend time with and that kind of stuff. So you know, anyone in my life, whether it's Alex Lippert, Katie Nemeth, our, our friend in New York. Um, I think Joe it just fascinates the heck out of me all the time. Even though I want to punch him a lot, I've got some lovely, lovely work family who um, <laughs> bring me so much joy um,
0: and and have made me. A better person too so well I, I love that I, I asked you you know who are you a fan of and you've just named so many different people <laughs> and I, I, again you, it sounds like you are just a fan of people I like I am I am oh
1: yeah oh yeah I, I definitely am a fan of people and I I think I there are a lot of people in my world and I just feel so lucky that I, I get to to be a part of, of their world even for a little bit. I will say, I, I'm i the worst at keeping in touch. Like, I can't. <laughs> I, that's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> and we know, you, we know, you value hard work. I
1: value hard work, but mm, come on, guys.
0: <laughs> that's the value of social media, though, yeah. is it, make, it allows us all to be strategically lazy.
1: Yeah, just a little bit. I, that's why I think this podcast is so cool, because there are so many people who are, are fascinating, um, who are what we would call everyday people, but are extraordinary.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We are days away from a new year. Are you yeah. a New Year's resolution person?
1: Not really. Um, <laughs> I'm like a Monday person. Like, I'm going to do this starting on Monday. I, I do like a clean start. So
0: Monday is the start of your week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Sunday Sunday is uh, for rest. Because uh, I like to rest, as we have established. Um, I also think I am not in a place of resolutions this year because in the next uh, five weeks, my entire life is going to change. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lacey's not making any promises she can <laughs> keep. Fair,
0: fair enough. <laughs> well, and, and so my question for you now is not what are your New Year's resolutions, but more so like to people listening Again, on the eve of a new year, what advice do you have? What would you like? You know, you don't know who any of these people I don't. are, but it's what would be very overwhelming? What would be like a, a good suggestion that you would invite them to pursue or to try? Yeah, um, in 2019,
1: I like I said, writing has been very good for me, uh, when it comes to being reflective and just getting my thoughts out. Um, so You know, if you've never tried writing, maybe writing's a good thing for you. I would say be realistic with yourself. You're not going to lose 20 pounds in January. You shouldn't. That's dangerous. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think um, finding ways to be kind to yourself is probably more important than, you know, saying, you know, you're going to give up Sweets for the year, or those kinds of things. I, you know, I struggle because I, you know, I don't really like giving advice because I don't like practice. I, I want to practice what I preach, and I cannot stick to a resolution for my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. How about this? Try new foods.
0: There we go. Try
1: a new food. Try something um, that I do love. Going somewhere. And trying new foods because I, I love the experience of trying it with the people that you're with mm. and then you can talk about it. Um, so yeah, that that would be, you know, try, try whether it's food or just try something. Try something new. Mm. Um, and if you hate it, cool. Yeah. That's fine. Now you know. Now uh, you know. If you love it, oh my gosh, how lucky are you that you found <laughs> something that you love? That's so cool. Um you know, maybe you're like me and you go skiing for the first time and then you cry going down the bunny hill. You know, maybe that's what happened to you. That happened to me. This year. <laughs> uh, I had a panic attack on the bunny hill. Uh, it drove, drove crazy, but I I know now. I know. Uh, and I found that my husband is a very adept skier, and I found that very attractive in him. I have no desire to go back because <laughs> <laughs> that's too much for me. I love tubing though I didn't enjoy tubing, but see that that would be my you know be kind to yourself and then try some new stuff. Good, try some new stuff.
0: That's great advice. yeah, um last question again, you are. Just what uh, six weeks ish from yeah. meeting this child, yeah. meeting this 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 boy uh, in this moment, this day. What do you want to say to your future son that is just weeks away?
1: Um, that's a very serious question, and my natural instinct is to say something that I think's funny. So I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, although that actually might be what I have to say. Uh, no, just I, I. That you know, I'm excited to be his mom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, whatever that you know.
0: Hopefully, we like each other. Well, and I I hope one day he gets to to listen to this <laughs> because how I mean this he's here like oh he yeah is he's he's actually here. you know um uh, but. You know, I I want to say to him, mm-hmm. if I may, and and I think I I had mentioned this to you in a message at one point, like, "Hey, kid, you have some pretty awesome parents, and this is a crazy world that we live in." Mm-hmm. And I, for one, when I think about bringing a child into this world, it, it terrifies me a little bit, and I'm sure you've you know can identify with that. Terrified,
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: terrified. But because. You know, everything that we've talked about, you know, in terms of just how you view life, how you embrace life, how you, you know, the things that you value. It's people like you that make me, uh, that put me at ease when I think about, you know, when people like Lacey are bringing and raising kids in this world, it gives me so much hope for, for what's... Uh, for 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 all of our future. And so to this talk to, about adding pressures, <laughs> but but to to your son, I just want to say, like you've got some pretty baller parents, and uh, to, you know, recognize how loved you are before yeah. you're even physically here in this world, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I man. can certainly say we are gonna try. That is, I, I can certainly say that I will I will try real hard, <laughs> uh, and I just hope that you don't suck. Like that's gonna be really, <laughs> <laughs> <that's>
0: really painful. <hard. laughs> I really hope he gets the best of of, and I know he will. He'll get the best of your sense of humor and Joe's, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. which means he's gonna be hilarious. Oh
1: my gosh, I would love a funny kid. Jo- Joe and I have joked. <laughs> Like, I don't care if they're attractive. I want them to be smart and I want them to be funny. <laughs> so, if we have some stoic, good looking kid, I don't know what we're going to do.
0: <laughs> and we're still going to love you. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> but I hope you're funny
0: and you're smart (laughs) oh my goodness so great well Lacey thank you again for being a part of this and for making the time today it was great to catch up it's been a while
1: I know I I mean there's this big green mic in my face but it's been nice just chatting with you I mean I feel like I've monologued a lot but yeah
0: well thank you Lacey and I will continue to be the biggest fan of your life thank you again thanks Zach (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of the biggest fan of your life podcast if you have any thoughts or questions for today's guest please email me at biggestfanofyourlife@gmail.com, at gmail.com and i'll get in touch with them for a response and maybe we'll even talk about it on a future episode of the podcast and if you're a fan of this podcast i'd love it if you would like rate share comment review and or subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you're using Maybe even take a screenshot while you're listening and share it to your Insta story. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Owens, that's at Z-A-C-O-W-E-N-S, or on Instagram at Zach underscore Owens, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Zach Owens Music. You can find out about other creative projects I'm working on, including new and original music. I'd like to give a special shout-out to Audrey Pelser, who designed our podcast graphic, Grayson Wazaleski, who composed the music that you're jamming to right now, and Donnie Moretti, our audio engineer extraordinaire. Thanks again for tuning in, and join us next time when we'll have yet another fascinating guest that I'm a fan of and that I think you should be, too. Till then, I'm Zach Owens, and I am the biggest fan of your life.